This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to The Squared Ham. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. This is episode 19. Please vote. I did it. Well, technically, my wife did it. Something I said I'll never do again. Now, I know I said the name of this podcast was Please Vote, so you're probably thinking I'm talking about voting. Not so fast. What I'm talking about right now is that my wife, well, she bought a boat. They say the two happiest days in a boat owner's life is the day you buy the boat and the day you sell it. I've owned boats in the past, and some of that statement is true. But for the most part, if the boat is properly maintained, it's fun to have. This boat, it's a fishing boat. It's not new, it's used, it's in decent shape. My youngest small, well, she has kind of developed an addiction for fishing. A serious addiction. It's so bad that every body of water we drive by, you can count on her saying, I bet there's fish in there. So yes, we now have a boat to take to the lake and fish, to tube, or just run around in. With that said, with hunting season, work, Masonic meetings starting back up, the boat will just be one more thing competing for my time. But I'm here for you. I'm going to keep making these podcasts, I love it, I'm getting great feedback from my listeners, and I really hope you are enjoying listening to the podcast as much as I am enjoying making it. In recent news, President Trump was released from the hospital after contracting COVID-19 days after the first debate. As an American, I am happy to see my president and his wife alive and well. But there are others who are not. There are folks out there reveling in the schadenfreude of it. Now, schadenfreude, that's a German word. Some of y'all might not be familiar with it. I'm not really sure there's an English word that translates directly to schadenfreude, but it basically means someone deriving pleasure from another person's misfortune. So when it was announced that the president had contracted COVID-19, many people were joyous and were excited, happy, ecstatic at the news. Some people even commented on Facebook that they hope he died. Now, I'm not one to unfriend somebody on Facebook because they post a political opinion that I disagree with. But after some of these posts wishing death upon our president, yes, I unfriended those folks. Not because I disagree with their politics, but rather I just realized they were shitty people in general. And I don't need that negativity in my life or on my Facebook newsfeed. So, if you're listening to this podcast and just realize that we are no longer Facebook friends, hello, check your posts, and you'll see why. The news announced that President Trump and Melania had contracted COVID-19. It really was a bit surprising that the most powerful man in the world, the president, contracted COVID-19. I mean, the amount of testing that is done to him, his staff, 
It's remarkable. Yes, he was in public. Yes, he never really wore a mask much. Yes, yes, and more yes to all these things and more. But my point being, the bottom line up front, with all the tools at his disposal to not contract COVID-19, he still caught it. And if he can, what makes you think that we can't? Wash your hands. Socially distance yourself. Treat it like you would the flu, but only be more diligent. And yes, wear your mask. Well, maybe. Let's talk about masks. Now, I have friends who refuse to wear masks, and I was having this conversation with a brother recently, and he wore his only because stores wanted him to wear it, and then recently he said, you know, I don't even wear it anymore because no one else is. That's kind of the consensus right now is I don't really know anybody that wants to wear a mask. And those that do, typically do for a couple of reasons. One, they either truly believe the masks work, or they hope that it provides some form of barrier and protection from COVID-19. Or two, their place of employment requires them to wear a mask. Or three, the business in which they wish to patronize requires it. Yet there are those out there who just outright refuse to wear a mask. To them I say, okay, but it's a business right to refuse you service. No shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, they can add a mask to that if they want. To the hard right-leaning listeners, remember the baker who refused to bake a cake for the gay couple? The mantra was, it's their business, they can choose who they bake for. Remember that? Now the shoe is on the other foot. No mask, no services. The same principles stand. They can legally deny you service for not wearing a mask and not violate your rights. You hear that? Your rights are not being violated. So long as they are not being discriminatory in their denying of these services. You know, if they deny one, they have to deny everybody. Well, what about your rights, you say? You know what your rights are? Your rights are to not shop there. That's it. Period. Don't want to wear a mask? Don't shop there. There are a few legal exemptions, however, on when you don't need to wear a mask. These include... Health conditions. You know, if you have lung issues, asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, COPD, emphysema, cancer, all these things, if you have legitimate health conditions, you don't have to wear a mask. And the government has said so. Children under the age of 11 are not required to wear a face mask. If you're traveling with someone who is hearing impaired, well, how are they going to see your lips when you're speaking with them, right? You don't have to wear a mask. Now, in all these situations, one, two, and three, you know, these three that I've talked about right here, you probably could have some kind of barrier to keep, you know, yourself from having this virus splashed into your face, or if you're positive with it and don't know it, splashing it out. Something as simple as a face shield, you know, something plastic in front of you. If you can't wear the mask, at least put some kind of barrier up. There's alternatives. Just going with absolutely nothing, that's going to be a really hard one to pull off. But at the end of the day, regardless of how you come down on the issue, nobody should condemn anyone for their choice of wearing or their choice to not wear a mask. Please don't be a mask shamer, Karen. Now, I'm probably going to get calls from Karen saying why are you using my name, but anyway. anyway. Now, here in Georgia, especially rural Georgia, there are signs up in most businesses stating that you must wear a mask to enter. On several occasions, I've entered the store with my mask on to only see half the people wearing a mask. 
recently, in the last two to three days, I've walked into some stores, more than one, and right on their door, you must have a mask to enter. And then when I walk in, I don't see one single employee wearing a mask. Our restaurants are open here, and some restaurants you go to, the waitresses have gloves, masks, the whole nine yards as they're running from tables. Other restaurants, bars, whatever you go to, you know, technically it's a restaurant, even though it has alcohol, but people are eating there, you know, so, but it's not technically a bar, I guess, because um, the bars aren't open. If they serve food, they're open. But some of those, nobody's wearing a mask in there, and nobody's socially distanced. We went out to a, a sports restaurant here recently, and there were people bellied up at the bar, elbow to elbow, drinking. So they're not doing any social distancing there. So it, it really varies from place to place. So my thoughts on the mask. Number one, I absolutely hate wearing it. And I don't believe it works. Many, some of you, I don't know, maybe a lot of you, are going to disagree with me and say, Mike, you know you're crazy. The mask works. But let me tell you why I don't think the masks that everybody's wearing works. As a soldier, I have donned Mop 4 gear many, many, many times. Mop 4 gear, you've got filters upon filters and charcoal and air seals and you tape your wrist and you're wearing charcoal costumes, uniforms, you know, you're wearing all this stuff. So wearing all this for chemical, biological warfare that we do in the military, I just don't get it. I just don't see how that cloth mask that grandma made for you will actually work. You know, it looks nice. It's got the kitties on it. It's got, you know, fruit. It's got whatever grandma put on there. Maybe your favorite sports team, you know, and she sewed it for you and it's great. Maybe she even put a coffee filter or something in the middle of it, you know, before she sewed it. I just don't see how it's going to work. And here's why. Let's, let's talk some measurements. COVID-19 is only 120 nanometers wide. It's 120 nanometers. A human hair, in comparison, is 75,000 nanometers wide. So what's that mean? Let's just think about this. If you took 625 COVID-19 viruses, lined them up end-to-end, that's how many it would take to equal the width of one hair. So do you really think that SpongeBob mask that Grandma sewed for you is going to work out of a t-shirt? I don't think so, friends. I really don't think so. I believe the virus is real. I see the data, and I also know that it has good survival odds, if you are healthy. Do I know anyone that has contracted it? Yes, I actually do. I've, I've known several people who have tested positive and are now doing very well. Unfortunately, I know a few that sadly tested positive, and their death was ruled due to COVID-19. They all had underlying issues, pre-existing respiratory you know, cancer, whatnot, they had other issues, but their death was ultimately ruled COVID-19 as the cause. Well, enough on masks. Back to, to our President Trump. He's been cleared by the doctors for the second presidential debate. However, the debate commission decided to hold a second debate virtually. President Trump disagreed to those terms, and the debate commission would not waver. So ultimately, the second debate, which was scheduled for tomorrow, has been canceled. We are now going to have to wait until October 22nd to see the third debate, which will actually be the second and final debate before Election Day. We can talk a little bit about the vice presidential debate that was about a week ago. It was held on October 7th. This debate was better than the first presidential debate 
only in the fact that we were given the opportunity to hear the candidates talk without bickering and shouting. That was the underlying theme for the first debate, if you remember, the interrupting, shouting, bickering. They were, they were like toddlers. Thankfully, the vice president and the vice president candidate did not act like that. So what did we learn about the vice president and vice president candidate? We saw that Vice President Pence was mostly calm and collective, you know, his normal self. But he didn't know when to stop talking. He just kept rambling, 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 and just didn't stop talking. Now, many considered this rude and improper etiquette. And I might have to agree with them because if you've agreed to certain time limits, then, you know, shut up when your time's up. Conversely, Vice President Candidate Harris's facial expressions probably spoke equally to Vice President Pence's verbal ramblings. I mean, her facial expressions were all over the place, very animated. You knew exactly what she was thinking and saying without her having to say a word. Both candidates dodged tough questions. They never gave us, the voter, the answers we were looking for. And we could dive into the debate and back and forth and what was said, but honestly, I don't think there's anything of value, in my opinion, that came out of it between the two. The tough questions that were asked were never answered. So who won the night? In my opinion, neither won. The star of the night wasn't Kamala Harris or Vice President Mike Pence or even the moderator. The star was the fly. Yes, the now famous fly that landed in Vice President Pence's head. More has been said about the fly than any of the content that was discussed that night. That in itself speaks loudly about what Americans thought of that debate. After seeing these two debates, many Americans are discouraged. I've heard many say they aren't going to vote because neither candidate is worth anything. Or they're trying to decide which is the lesser of two evils. Many folks are going to vote based on the color of their skin and what is expected of them. Or they're going to vote a certain way because they're from the South and they're the South will rise again type of mentality. You know, the worst, in my opinion, are the churches. Yes, the churches. White, black, orange, green, whatever. These pastors and other church leaders that are from the pulpit talking politics and they tell their members that they should be voting a certain way. This is in church, from the pulpit, telling their members this is how you need to vote. Folks, I'm going to say this once, and only once. If a church can preach politics, it can pay taxes. End of story. Maybe I'll do a dedicated podcast in the future on churches and their tax-exempt status. Back to voting. For most, it isn't going to be an easy decision on who you vote for. Heck, it probably isn't even going to be an easy process to vote. Early voting has started here in Georgia, and in many other states as well. I vote absentee ballot as I am active military. I reside currently in a state which is not my home of record. I'm in Georgia, but my home of record has always been Pennsylvania, so I vote Pennsylvania. And I have mailed my ballot off now, but it wasn't an easy process. Let me tell you about it. You might get a kick out of it. So I hadn't gotten my ballot, and normally the state of Pennsylvania will send your ballot out to you um, when it gets around time to vote. So I hadn't received mine, and I figured, well, you know, let me go online and log in to the voter site and request my ballot. So I logged in, and I found out that I was listed as inactive and saying I hadn't voted in the last couple of years. Well, that's true. I haven't. I voted for the last presidential election, but all the little local stuff, you know, I don't vote on that because honestly, I don't really know what's going on up there being out of the state. 
But I had since moved and done some things, so I figured, well, you know what, let me go fill out a new absentee ballot request online, and it was provided, this online site provided by Pennsylvania themselves. So I go to the site, click it out, request, you know, click the link, request my ballot, um, answer all the questions, and hit submit. The next day, I receive an email stating that my request was denied. So I tried calling the number provided in the email, and no one ever answered. No one answered in this number. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. So the next day, I did some online digging and found a different number. I called it, and it was answered rather rapidly. Um, and the lady you know, said that I was denied because I provided an out-of-state of address. I'm like, no shit. Isn't that the whole purpose of the absentee ballot? Because you're absent from being able to vote. And so, attempting to make a lighthearted conversation with this girl, you know, that was on the other end of the phone, you know, I made a comment that, you know, had I marked my party as Democrat, it probably would have been approved and I would have had three ballots sent to me in the mail already. And, and side note, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not a Republican either. I, I'm actually a registered libertarian. For those of you who think I'm slamming Democrats, it's, it's neither. But, when I made the comment to her about, you know, had I been a registered Democrat, I probably would have been approved and had three ballots in the mail. Her reply was, you know, sir, that's not true. And then really suspiciously, the phone went dead. And I'm like, hello, hello, hello. And then I heard the dial tone. So I'm not saying she hung up on me and took offense, but I'm not really sure what I'm saying because right after I made that comment, the phone line went dead. So I, I called back and the first person I got, I told him that, you know, I want to speak to a supervisor and manager. And the person was real helpful, you know, sir, can I try to help you and blah, blah, nope, I appreciate you attempting, I want to speak to a supervisor, and I want to speak to them right now, I'm not going to go through my, my spiel that I gave the last lady, I'm not going to give it to you. I was transferred to a supervisor. Supervisor was extremely helpful, said, yes, that form's not the one you need, there's one specifically for military, let me email it out to you. So she's like, check your mail. I checked my mail and I'm like, yep, it's there. She's like, open it up, make sure you can get it. I saw it. I answered everything. And she goes, just email it back to me and I'll let you know that I received it. Got off the phone, thanked her for her help, printed out the form, filled it out, uploaded it, sent it back to her. Within 10 minutes, I got a reply email. Hey, got it. Great. You should be getting your ballot material since I had requested that my ballot be emailed to me and then I'll, you know, snail mail it through the post office back. But balloting material itself, they can email to you. So she told me, hey, your email's going to be, you'll be getting that within a day or two. So the next day, I received the email. However, here it comes. When I opened the email, there was an attachment, a PDF. And so I attempted to open the PDF, only to find out it was password protected. Nowhere did I have any information on what password to use. So I had to make another call back to the voting center. And they sent me an additional email with the password to open the ballot. Great. I open, I type in the password. Success. The PDF opens up. I'm thinking everything's great. I'm flipping through the pages. And oh no. Why did I have to think everything was okay? In the PDF was all the directions on how to fill in the ballot and where to send it. But guess what? No ballot. So another phone call. This time I get a different individual, um, someone that I hadn't even spoken to before, and they sounded like they were tech support because I called uh, the number that came with the ballot. And I told them, I said, look, I opened it up. She goes, having problems with the password? I was like, no, no problems. I said, I got the password. I'm in. I said, but the problem is y'all didn't send me what I asked for. 
She's like, well, I see that we sent you your voting. I said, no, ma'am. You sent me the information. She said, how many pages did you get? I said, I got like four, whatever the number was. She said, oh, no, it's supposed to be like nine. You know, is your email such and such still good? Yes, ma'am, it is. And she goes, hold on. Let me go in here. Just check your email. So I open up my email. There's another PDF from a different email address. Like I said, that's why I'm making me think this is tech support. And I open up the PDF without a password, mind you. And now I have about nine pages. I have the directions. I have all the candidates for the districts and local, their names. And I have the magical bullet. I thanked her and I finally got it. Now, folks, if I was a tinfoil hat kind of guy, I think I'd be saying there's something fishy going on here. But this is my situation, and it might be unique to me, but listeners, you know, if you have a story and something similar or something even different, if you've had any kind of difficulty trying to vote lately, um, share it with me. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear your woes. Uh, go ahead and send them to thesquaredham at gmail.com, and uh, I'd love to read them. Now, honestly, I really don't care who you vote for. Really, I don't. As a soldier, I serve defending your right to vote and to have free will when you cast that vote. Please exercise that freedom. Do your research. Consult with friends and family. Pray over it. Do whatever you need to do. But please cast that ballot and vote your conscience. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there's a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light or you can become the light.